Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Doria Shafrir. And we are not experts. No, but Mm -mm. we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. We do. And here's the quick showbiz rundown. Our website's forever35podcast.com, where we have links to everything we talk about on every episode. Our Twitter is forever35pod. Our Instagram, where we are more active, is forever35podcast. And there is a Forever 35 Facebook group where the password is serums. We also have a newsletter, which you can find at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. And if you want to reach us, you can call or text us at 781-591-0390. You can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. 
And hey, if you enjoy the show, we always appreciate a positive review on Apple Podcasts. And we really appreciate when people subscribe to the show on whatever podcast app you use, because uh, that's how we keep getting to make the podcast. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's how podcasting works. Yep. Um, well, Kate, should we tell our listeners about all the amazing advice that I gave you last night? <laughs> And what a wonderful friend I am. You know what? No, I can't even tell you, Dory. I, I texted you this morning. I know you're joking and like, uh, but I, you really gave me such good advice. And I woke, it was, it was almost like someone took, like removed the film in front of my eyeballs. So look, last night at around, I don't know, nine. I went just to check my Instagram before I went to bed, and I noticed that a person that I had, I don't even know if dated is the right word, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, we had, a, we had a relationship that was like intense and short 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago. Literally 20 years ago. Literally 2002. Showed up on my Instagram with liking a bunch of photos and then commented... <laughs> Hi, on a photo of me from 2003. And I haven't seen this person in probably in over 10 years. Like we were friendly for a while and then just kind of lost touch. And so uh, uh, and I was just like, what, what, what are you doing here? And it caused me, it honestly like made my stomach drop for some reason. It like made me feel very uncomfortable because it yeah. was like a real drop of like five likes and yeah. then a weird comment. Like, you know, like, yeah, and I, mean, I feel like they were mostly on pictures of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like portraits. <laughs> <laughs> no DM of like, hey, how are you? It's been a long time. No. Good mm-hmm. to see you're well, which would been, which would be fine. Like, I don't have, uh, this is not a matter of like having leftover feelings for anybody. Like, I will say, like, I'm, I met my husband. Or I started dating my husband after this person, like a, a while after, but after. And the, the second I went on a date with Anthony, it was like, oh, this is what it feels like to be treated with respect by somebody. And I had never had that really in a relationship mm-hmm. before. I had, and, and it was like eye opening. So I do want to like just like finding, meeting my husband was just like having a world open to me that I didn't know existed in relationships before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is getting very serious. I didn't mean to, to do this, but anyway, I'm into it. And so I texted Dory, who did not know me at the time that I had dated this person, did not know him. And you were like, shut this down. You were like, I would block this person. You were just like, this is a red flag. This person wants your attention. You don't give it to them. Like, no way. They want it. Now, now, I can, I can read your texts, but you just came in <laughs> hot with a, with, and it was honestly like I had never seen this person from that perspective of like, oh yeah, like what a fucking, so, so selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were like, he just wants attention. To be honest, I would block him. I am really not a fan of these dudes. <laughs> you also said, you also said, these guys always want to keep the door cracked open. It's a sickness. <laughs> I think it is. And you know what? It was so clarifying. 
I was like, oh, she's, you were, it was so, I, I swear okay, to you, it felt like I a fog say, lifted over my eyelids. Well, the, the, the one thing where I was like, okay, this is, this is, I, I feel called to educate Kate on this because she has been with her husband for so long. She didn't have enough exposure to these guys. To I did know. Because you said, also, I've, wait, wait, no, you said, where is it? Oh, yes. No, he was extremely self-centered and selfish, which he was surprisingly aware of and unapologetic about. And I was like, Kate, they are all self-aware of this. They all know it. They're all unapologetic about it. This is how they get you. Because you're just like, oh, but he knows. Right, so it's, it's fine okay. if he treats me like shit because he told me yes. he would. Right. And then later they're like, I told you I would treat you like shit. Like, yes. duh. <laughs> this is totally what happened when I dated this person. And I yeah. went into it thinking it, I would be like, they, they were very straightforward. And they were like, I don't want anything. I'm selfish. I love living my life yep. the way I do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll mm-hmm. change you. Mm-hmm. And then that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then no, they're like, I, I do told wanna- you I was selfish. Yes. <laughs> and then you're left. It's, it is like being gaslit yes. in a way. Cause then it, you're left being like, totally gaslighty. Oh. Yep. And you're right. I haven't, like, I have been with my husband since I was 23 years old, almost 24, but like, we've been together for so long. Like, he's my ride or die. I don't even like, mm-hmm. I didn't have this like dating through my twenties into my thirties thing. So for yeah. someone to just roll in hot like this, it's very jarring. I feel like these guys, they just, they, they crave that attention and they, it's like a power thing for them. Like, he knows you're married. Yes. You know? And I, he knows yes. you're married, but for him to be able to be like, well, like I, you know, I distracted her. Like that's, ugh, it, that's why I say it's a sickness. It's a well, sickness. it really was so clarifying. And I will say that you talk about this a lot in your book. I do. And I'm really glad I've read your book and then had this conversation with you because truly like I think you really dig into a lot of the dysfunction in some of these relationships that you've had in and it was very helpful to me you know I will say one more thing about this which is that I think often as like people who get into situations with these people we blame ourselves and like we shouldn't blame ourselves a lot of these people are very charismatic mm-hmm narcissists are often very charismatic and it's easy to be drawn to them they're also often sociopaths and like they know (laughs) no i'm serious i know sorry i just i love when you are like on the nose okay sorry go ahead they like they know exactly how to appeal to you because they're used to just changing for people they're chameleons and so of course we're going to be drawn in by these people. It's not our fault. Dory. Do you hear what I'm saying? I do. And I, I hope that anyone who's in, who is dealing in, with somebody in a relationship like this right now, hears Dory's words because she is a wizard. <laughs> God. <laughs> I wish I had known you when I was dating people because. Yeah, but I didn't have this wisdom when I was dating people. You had when to you gain were it. when you were dating people. Yeah. I, I have this wisdom now with the benefit of hindsight and having gone through it, but I did not know this when I was in my twenties. Well, so, it really made me laugh. In our show notes you wrote, I have way too much to say about charismatic egomaniac Peter Pans. <laughs> 
this guy is a type. Mm. And once you kind of know this type, I think it's easier to just be like, okay, I don't I, like this is something I don't need. I don't hey, need the drama. No. You know that TikTok, you don't need to feed you know that, the ego. No. No. You know that and TikTok I, meme that's like, am I the drama? Yes, yes, I love that meme, I will say. <laughs> like this guy is the drama. He well, is the drama. <laughs> and this could apply to friendships as well. This doesn't have to mm-hmm. just be about people you had a romantic interaction with. Friend people do this. Oh yeah. I am, and I feel like I'm like just learning something that people have learned for like the last 15 years and I'm like having this new experience, but it's fascinating. Mm hmm. Oh, I have been in a big like reexamining my friendships mode and like, huh. What do, and like the friendships that I got into in like my 20s and my early 30s and like, do they still serve me? And like, are they reciprocal? And how some of the friends that I've made more recently, I feel like are their healthier friendships, including you, Kate oh, Spencer. Thank you. thank you so much. Like my story. So that's interesting. It's, just, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Mm. So, well, I did not expect to talk about this, but you know, it, this all happened late last night. And so I figured, why not share what you and I were up to over text message? Yeah. And I feel like we don't talk about we we don't talk about relationships that much. So, well, cuz we're both like boringly married. Yeah. And true. I again, I feel fairly inexperienced cuz I met, you know, I started dating my husband, you know, pretty young. You yeah. have you have been around more blocks than I have, I will say. Oh yeah. And You've and traveled that road. Now, let's shift gears a little bit because you shared something. Oh, this was another thing. Dory shared something about herself in the newsletter that she hadn't told me. And I was very upset that I didn't know. <laughs> I, I learned it with everybody else who gets our newsletter. Oh, gosh. I, so I, I thought I had told Kate this because I had, <laughs> I had referenced possibly wanting to do this in a previous episode. And then I thought I had talked to you about it, but I guess I didn't. Anyway. How dare you? Um, you know, I've been on this like ongoing boring quest to like, find a style and find clothes that like I actually feel good about wearing um and I had mentioned on a previous episode I was like oh maybe I just I need a stylist like what and then I remembered that we had actually used a stylist that you referred us to because you had used her for your author photo shoot but we used her for um the photos that we got taken recently that we've posted on our Instagram and they're on our website now are new photos of us together. And we hired someone to like tell us what to wear <laughs> and to like have us kind of coordinated, which was amazing. And she was great and her suggestions were great. And I kept, um, she suggested a dress to buy that I kept that I really like. And I was like, you know what? Maybe she would be good to help me out. We had like an initial phone call where she kind of asked me what I was looking for. And then she asked me to sort of like talk about what I like, what I wanted my style to be. And I literally just started babbling like nothing. (laughs) 
I was like, well, you know, those like Doan moms who are sort of like ethereal and wear those like long dresses and have like long flowy hair and pick wildflowers. <laughs> yeah. That's a very, like, also very like LA mom look. Yes. Yeah. I was like, okay, so I'm not one of those moms, but I don't like hate that look, but I, but I'm not. And I just, it just like was like, two minutes of me talking like this, like, well, I like that, but I'm not really that. And then she was finally like, okay, well, why don't we <laughs> sort of reined it in. And um, so we're going to go shopping on Tuesday, which I'm excited wow. about. But in the meantime, I am going to take some pictures today of clothes that I have that I feel like, because I do have some clothes that I'm like, oh, I like this outfit or I like this dress or whatever. Um, and I'm going to send those to her. So she knows at least that I have like some stuff that we can work with. And then I don't know, I'm expecting just like a wholesale transformation. I'll be a new person when you see me next week. I mean, I cannot wait. I, I wonder what's going to happen. Will you be wearing a jaunty cap? Will you be, what if you come in in like a full, I don't know, like regal, Victorian clothes. I mean, like you could wear anything. Anything could happen. You know what's funny though? I posted in a Facebook group that you and I are both in, um, of some moms and it's a subgroup devoted to clothes. And I was like, does anyone have some like style inspo recommendations? And no one responded. <laughs> oh no. So I was like, maybe this is like a problem for everyone. I was like, I'm not, I'm not looking for like blonde beachy wave influencer type yeah vibe look like a regular person yes um where are the regular people who have good style have we all just lost it during the pandemic maybe but i have like, some people that i follow that i do feel like and i'm sorry i didn't respond that i do, that i do feel like kind of you know who i think is has really good style is katie storino and oh, she, yeah, she like, really does yes. yeah um, she totally actually, does. There's another person I follow. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, I said like I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to like runway looks. Like that is not helpful to me. Um, but I also don't need like the pumpkin spice latte look. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying, and a lot of like style, and I and I do know there is like many diverse people who you can follow, but sometimes it does feel like all you see are the people with crinkly blonde beachy waves and a big brown hat. Yes. And they're all stick thin and smiling. And, and, and it's just like, this doesn't, this doesn't feel realistic. Another person who I follow, this is actually a store, but I really like want to emulate their style is the tiny tassel. I don't know if you would connect with this style. But they have this like they have a, I really want to buy some of their clothes. Anyway, it's a small store in Charleston, South Carolina. Hmm. Yep. But I know okay. what you mean. I do. It is. It is hard, and it's also like, how are we supposed to define our own personal style? Like, do you just wake up knowing it? I don't. I feel like I've struggled with this my whole life. Of like, what do I yeah. like? What well, do I and- wear? When I brought this up before, like a few listeners said, well, you have to start by like defining your style and then the clothes you buy kind of go along. And I was like, I don't know what my, I know. <laughs> you really need like a square one moment, yeah. right? Like starting yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So look, I'm going to take everyone along on this journey and I'll just keep everyone posted. 
I'm excited. I can't wait to see kind of what you come up with. I will say the other thing I really liked about um, Abby, the stylist who helped us pick out clothes for our our podcast photos, is that she like asks your budget, which I think is really mm-hmm. important because mm-hmm. th- this shit can it can clothes are expensive and you have to kind of navigate, you know, like you're also faced with like a lot of decisions of like, do I want to buy fast fashion? What does that mean? Well, can I afford to buy something that's more sustainably made? Well, what does that mean? Are these brands that I'm supporting with my money in size inclusive in a way that I want them to be? Well, then what is that? You know, like there's all these things that I think as consumers we're considering. And um, I feel like that's also really helpful. And she was helpful in that regard. Love that. Before we take a break, Dory, can I just shout out the shampoo bar I've been using, as I mentioned to you? Yes, please. Okay. So this is actually a sponsor's product. Um, I got this from Grove. Grove is sponsoring our podcast right now. And you know, oftentimes when we get a podcast sponsor before we start working with them, we get to try out their products to make sure that stuff that we you know want to be sharing in our advertisements. So they very generously shared, you know, gave us. Um, you know, I don't know, gave us a a budget for us to try some stuff. And I got their shampoo bar and conditioner bar. So like hair soaps, essentially, or as they say, a plastic free shampoo. Mm. But they're like little triangular soaps. And we've talked about trying shampoo, like hair bars on the show before, but I don't think we've ever, I've never done it. And I'm loving them. I'm loving them. Like it takes a a hot second to just adjust getting used to using a bar on your hair as opposed to like pumping fluids into your hand. Yeah. But it's great. My hair feels great. It feels just like it does if I use a shampoo in a bottle and a conditioner bottle. And I, I will say like as I try to think about reducing my plastic usage, which is, I will say, very high. We go through a lot of plastic. Not proud of it. Mm -hmm. This feels like an interesting step. So I want to give a, a hearty recommendation to Grove's shampoo bars and conditioners. We have a code with Grove as well, right, Dory? It's grove.co slash forever35. Yes, and you get a free gift with purchase if you use our code. Well, listen, hearty recommendation coming in hot here with these Grove shampoo bars and conditioner bars. Yeah. Um, and also, before we take a break, we have to introduce our guest. Oh, my gosh. That's right forgot how this podcast works <laughs> um okay well should we read her bio yeah we had such a great conversation so yeah, we talked she's to amazing faviana rodriguez so faviana is an interdisciplinary artist a cultural strategist and a social justice activist who is based in oakland california and her art addresses migration, gender justice, climate change, racial equity, and sexual freedom. And in addition to her art, she's also the co-founder and president of the Center for Cultural Power, which is a national organization that empowers artists to disrupt the status quo and ignite change at the intersection of culture and social justice. She is incredibly accomplished. She has like 8 billion more amazing things that we could read in her bio. Um, and she's actually, she's also currently working on a film about healing from womb trauma, which is really interesting to learn about. Um, we just yeah, which we a, get into in the interview and it's fascinating. Yeah. It's something I'd never 
really thought about or heard about. No, um, we talk all about gardening and she was surrounded by beautiful plants. Yeah, I was it just going to say, I wish everyone could see the room that she was talking to us from because she had these amazing plants. She had this beautiful art on the wall. She had this really lovely sofa. I, it, I just, I wanted to like dive into the room she was sitting in. Yes, it was like very soothing just to see it over video chat that I imagine yes. living it must be very healing. Totally. Yeah, we, we right. love talking to her. Well, we're going to take a short break and we will come back with Fabiana. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one -on -one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, it, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. 
Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Forever. 
Saviana, we are so excited to have you on Forever 35. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, we usually start our conversation with each guest by asking them about a self-care practice that they have. Um, and I know self-care is a big part of what you do. Mm -hmm. So we'd love to hear about something um, that has meaning for you. Yeah. One of my favorite self-care practices is um, growing flowers so that I can cut them throughout the week and make myself bouquets because I don't want to wait until the weekend's farmer's markets. And I just, it's really nice to cut a fresh rose and put it on my desk and smell it throughout the day. And it just allows for me to go outside and tend um, to my flowers and just the act of going outside and having a regular rhythm. Um, when I connect with my plants, I feel like I'm caring for an organism, which is actually then caring for me. So that's something I, I strive to do. And now I've, I've been really getting into roses, uh, because I didn't know how important they are to attract pollinators. And so now I'm trying to, you know, work on the whole ecosystem mm. in my yard. I think you shared a really beautiful photo That's so cool. of the native garden in your yard and talked about kind of why it's so important to to plant uh native vegetation or native plants uh in your in whatever yard space you have available. Could you talk a little bit about that? Was that a was that something a conscious choice that you made? Did you already have all these beautiful plants just in this home when you moved in or or what were the steps that you took to kind of develop and grow your garden? Yes. Yeah, so first, uh, I live in my childhood home, which I bought from my parents. Um, my parents no longer live here. My father passed away. My mom moved away. Um, but when they bought it, uh, the yard was brick. The only thing that existed was a little tree in the center uh, and the rest was brick. And then uh, when in, in the last few years, I've really realized the importance of building a relationship to our local ecosystems. And one mm -hmm. of the best ways to do that is through gardening. And I didn't used to be a fan of gardening, but when I finally, you know, gave it a chance, I realized that, um, when we work with the soil and when we work with nature, we are actually working with ourselves. You know, we are sort of, um, helping to create an ecosystem, which is a real reflection of our own ecosystem. You know, I believe we are like plants. We need attention and light and water. And so um, in the last year, as I've been literally breaking away the brick, breaking away the cement and healing the soil and um, planting things that um, require very little water because I live in the state of California and we are constantly experiencing drought. Um, just that I now have a huge lush garden with agaves and cactuses and flowers. And I started to just pay attention. You know, when you pay attention, it's, it's mm -hmm. really gardening is so much about paying attention. And when I began to notice that the bees really love my sunflowers. They really love my cactus flowers. And when I, my sunflowers died, the bee population went down. And so I started to research what are the ways I can attract more bees. And especially, you know, when you have flowers, you need water, but California's in a drought. So I started researching native plants 
to work with this environment. And, um, now, you know, I'm, I'm just so much more familiar with what kinds of plants attract, um, bees versus which ones attract butterflies. And it's just been very healing for me to transform my space because I do live in an urban environment and I, I do feel, you know, especially in age of climate crisis, that we all need to support the healing of our ecosystems. And cement doesn't do that. Yeah. Uh, and when we can really literally break through and help Mother Nature heal, I really feel a reflection of that in my own body um, because I'm literally, you know, healing things that are going to give me more oxygen and are going to beautify my space. So now it's just you know, through observation, I've just learned more and I've become more committed to um, nurturing the space all around me. Uh, I have almost 150 indoor plants and another 200 outdoor. Uh, and it's just, it's very, it's, it's very fulfilling and it actually is then inspires my, my art. And also like, what a beautiful metaphor, this idea of actually breaking the brick and removing this kind of, you know, hard, lifeless thing to cr then create life in this way. I mean, that's must have, that must be really life. satisfying, especially doing it in a space where you were raised. I mean, that's, that's, that's like layers yes. of exciting and, you know, transformation and healing. Well, also, you know, part of what I'm doing in my own healing, I'm doing womb healing. Um, and you know, I, I, I talk, uh, very open about this, but I've, I've had three abortions in my life and, um, in learning, in doing my womb healing, I've also understood the story of my lineage, the story of my mother, you know, my mother, when she first immigrated to this country and, um, she was in an abusive relationship, she had to give up her firstborn to adoption. Mm. And so I, recognize that my mother did not necessarily have the same options for me in the early 70s. And I've been thinking about my grandmother who also did not have any kind of decision making around her reproductive ability. And so part of what I do, you know, I really believe in the power of culture and in the power of storytelling. And especially now, you know, we're at a time when abortion is front and center. Um, and we know that, you know, one in four women in this country have abortions, and yet we are experiencing a culture that has stigmatized our stories. And so for me, um, a lot of my healing needed to be around supporting a life force because I, um, do not have not up until now, I haven't made the decision to be a mom, but I realized that I could actually support life you know, which is nature. Nature is life. I can support life in other ways. And plants has been such, you know, I, 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 a lot of my plants, I start them from seed. And so I get to see them mm. go from little tiny babies that are not even an inch big to literally 13, 14 feet. And it's really been a part of my own healing. And uh, one of the, you know, I'm working right now on, on a film, which is going to be about my story of womb healing and my story of of how it is that I'm the generation with the option to have, to make a decision about my body. And my metaphor is going to be the plants and how, you know, just that, um, 
as we, you know, heal and, 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 and get in touch with this life force that so many of us are connected to, it can manifest in so many ways. And that, you know, especially today when we're thinking about, you know, all the mothers of the mothers who have been isolated and who have left the industry because of COVID, I just feel like it's so important to talk about care and mothering. And as an artist, I'm always looking for metaphors to do that. And the garden has been like a big one for me. You know, you, so you mentioned womb trauma and I would love Mm -hmm. to hear more about this. I I read in your bio that you're making a film on womb trauma. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I, I had to Google the term because I think I was confusing it with ancestral trauma, which sounds like there's some crossover, but could you explain, Mm -hmm. um, for someone who's maybe never even heard the phrase, what it is and, and maybe tell us more about what you've learned and what your own experience has been. Yes. Yes. Um, so I call, what I call womb trauma is that, um, many of us have the ability to give life. Um, however, in our upbringing, in the culture around us, that power, we have not been in touch with that power. And so the ideas that we have about our womb are often very distorted because we do live in a society. And, you know, in my upbringing, the messages that I got was to keep my legs closed and not get pregnant, right? Which were both highly fear-based narratives. And, you know, I was a young person who was at a 4.2 GPA, college bound, head of my class, always like, you know, the best and the brightest. And because my immigrant parents, you know, really stressed education, but they stress education as well as shutting down any kind of part of my sexuality because they deemed it as dangerous. And that's the culture they came from. You know, my, both of my parents are from Peru. And, you know, for my, for my family, um, I, there's, there's generational womb trauma because there is family abandonment. There's fathers who have left. Um, there is, um, in, in, in my, my mother's case, my mother, I didn't even know I had a brother until 30 years later. So she kept, um, her secret very close. And so that to me is generational womb trauma because I would always wonder like why there is something unresolved in my family around, um, children around having children. And there's also something that is just shut down, right? Which is that not even talking about how to have a great relationship, how to make decisions about starting a family. And, and I think that that's the kind of culture that we live in. You know, we live in a culture that doesn't empower young people to one, enjoy sex and have a healthy relationship to sex. On the contrary, we actually live in kind of a rape culture and two, we don't really, um, encourage family planning, talk about it, even in the, in TV and film so much about is like, oh, surprise, you know. And so womb trauma to me is the combination of the stories that we hear and also how those things manifest in our, um, reproductive, uh, system because it's also things like, you know, um, periods, right? Like I, I, I remember in my high school, there were not things for when we got our periods. We didn't really talk about periods. In fact, I think that 
So many of us have been raised to just like not really acknowledge our bodies or understand the complexity of it. And so what happens is that what for me, I ended up going to college. I had a full ride to UC Berkeley and it was my first time living in a co-ed dorm. Um, I lived in a, a Chicano co-op my first time being around so many men. And, um, I, you know, I like would fall in love all the time because I actually didn't really even know how to have relationships because yeah. I'd been so sheltered that just that even the thought of somebody liking me was, you know, I would just, I just didn't have tools to navigate. And so as a result, I got pregnant, um, in my third year in college. And when I told my partner at the time, he just disappeared. And I, I, I had an abortion, um, thanks to Planned Parenthood. And I really didn't get support. And it was something that I kept secret for 10 years. And I actually didn't, didn't disclose it. And, and so again, following the cycle of silence, stigma, just not talking about it. And I remember very clearly when I did talk about it. And it was the day that, um, former Senator Tammy Brown was at a conference and she said, ev- ev- everyone who has gotten an abortion stand up. And I've never, felt witnessed. I had never even been in a room where even naming that could be a possibility. And that to me is how we change culture is that we begin to talk about it. Uh, and so that, you know, that was, that was my, my life for a long time is that I just didn't really have tools to really express my desires or my needs. And I had a, a, a bunch of relationships that weren't healthy. And so for me, womb healing is to recover from that trauma because of course it's not just literally what happens in your body. For me, it's abandonment. It's not having tools, not knowing, um, having to navigate systems where, um, they're just not friendly. They're just not friendly systems. And I, and I, I especially feel heartbreak for, um, people in Texas right now because it, you know, our, our, our most fundamental right that I am so proud to live in a country in which we have the fundamental right to make decisions around when we can have families. That is just so important to me. And it's something that my mother and my ancestors did not have. And so um, for me, healing from womb trauma is sharing my story. It's why I want to make a film because also, you know, the, the work that I do in my organization is around what what are the cultural um, products that we have around, uh, in this case, reproductive justice. Well, I can tell you that the only film that has been made that is a positive story about abortion is Obvious Child, yeah. which came out, I believe, in 2014. And it, and you know, that we have other films like Knocked Up or things like that where you have situation usually where, you know, um, a woman is, is not sure if she wants to have an abortion, but then, you know, the guy comes around and says, let's just do it. And then they do it. There's a lot of that, right? Where they do a, end up having a, a child, but we haven't seen narratives that actually reflect a accurate experience of what it's like to have an abortion. And Avi's child was one of them. But since then, we haven't, we, we just don't have it. And so that's exactly why for me, I, I want to make this film because I think we need to, we continue to be here. We are in 2021 and we continue to have, um, stigma and silence around these themes. Is this 
along the lines of what you talk about when you talk about cultural justice? Yes. Yes. Cultural justice is the ability to uplift stories of around themes that have been intentionally hidden from us or oppressed or silenced. Because we know, for example, if we just look at television and film, that over 95% of film directors are men. Over 90% of executives. I mean, I mean, this is all information that, that, that has been coming out over the last few years. And so what happens is that what we end up watching and sort of escaping into actually doesn't reflect. It's distorted. It's a distorted view of reality that shapes laws and it shapes people's ideas. And I really believe that, you know, if we have one in four, if one in four, and I actually think it's one in three, according to earlier data. But if, um, if, if one in three women in this country or one in four have abortions, like there's a lot of stories we're not hearing. Yeah. You know, we're not hearing and that is shaping our policy outcomes. And so I've, I've, in, in our organization, I, I talk about that culture precedes politics. And that is that people's conceptions of gender, of reproduction, of race, even their relationship to the environment, to the energy that they use is all shaped by culture. And they will vote according to what those values that are, you know, reflected back to them in culture, which is exactly why we actually need to work towards cultural justice. Because if when we have stories around, you know, the awful impacts of the oil industry, for example, when we have more mm-hmm. stories about abortion, when we hear more stories from incarcerated moms or, you know, immigrant women working in the fields, that we know it leads to empathy and it leads to people saying, hey, you know what? These laws are broken. We need to change it because be, because the human beings just deserve better. So we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering crappiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, 
our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. All right. Well, Fabiana, one last question. Um, You know, I think often as a, the society, let's say, quote unquote, mm-hmm. kind of makes people feel that art is frivolous. Oh. What would you tell someone who feels kind of called to art or creativity, but has been told or yes. feels that it's not worth doing or pursuing? I would say that we absolutely need to accelerate the stories that are going to move us towards a more just world. And so if you've ever been inspired to create stories about your experiences as a mother, as a caretaker, as a worker, we need that. We actually Mm -hmm. need to disrupt the old stories because right now what we're experiencing is a collective sort of breakdown of narratives that have been held up for so long. And so this is exactly the right moment to not just tell our stories, but also the power of art is that art helps us imagine something different. That's why it's powerful. This is why fantasy exists, fiction, because we actually get transported to another reality. And so I encourage people, what is the world that you want to live in? You know, I want a world of clean energy. I want a world in which there's full rights for all genders. You know, I want a world that's free of gender violence. And so... Mm in my work as an artist and in my work at the, at the organization that I co-founded, the Center for Cultural Power, that's what we do. We support storytellers so that we can more rapidly disrupt systems of oppression and especially disrupt, um, the, the climate crisis and begin to move towards solutions, but also just different ways of seeing the world that are more just, uh, and more in harmony with nature. I love that. Um, well, it's been such a pleasure getting to talk to you today. Um, I feel like I've learned so much and I know our listeners learned so much as well. Um, could you tell our listeners where they can find you if they want to follow along with your work? Yes. So, um, my organization is called the Center for Cultural Power and, uh, our website is culturalpower.org. And you can also find us on Instagram. Uh, our handle is at culture strike and my artist handle on Instagram is at Fabiana one. And that is F A V as in Victor I A N N A and the number one Fabiana one. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Dory. Thank you, Kate. Thank you. (sighs) Well, Fabiana, super cool. Yeah. I really, um, 
I don't know. I just loved our conversation with her. Yeah. I learned so much. And like it was, I mean, I feel like we say this at every interview. We're so lucky. Like at the end of every interview, it's like we could keep talking for five more hours with this person. But it's true. And it is. We get to talk to such interesting people. Yeah. I mean, like what a privilege. Um, but she was so cool. And her, you know what? Her art is beautiful. I, I just started following her on Instagram. Um, and her work yeah, we'll is amazing. Link to, we'll link to all her stuff yeah. in the show notes. Well, Dory, talk to me about your intention of consuming some new pop culture, media, TV. How did it go? Okay. So I did start and finish a new book. Oh, you're such a fast reader. Which was the new Louise Penny Armand Gamache book, The Madness of Crowds. Also, sidebar, there is finally going to be a a Gamache um, TV show. Oh, yeah. And you know who's playing Gamache is Alfred Molina, which I, I just think is like the most perfect casting of all time, maybe. He, he looks exactly like how I have imagined yes, Inspector Gamache. Like me it was too. uncanny. It's uncanny. It's so good. Um, okay. So the new book is called The Madness of Crowds. And look, I feel like I need to be totally honest about this. It was not my favorite of the series. That's fair. So do with that information what you will. If you are a series completist, like, Apparently I am like you will feel called to read this anyway, but and maybe you will have a different reaction to it. But but for me personally, it was not my favorite. So anyway, um, and I sort of started a new TV show, which is I watched like a gajillion hours of the U.S. Open. <laughs> oh, Dory, look at you, a tennis player. Yeah, because, you know, I play tennis now. And um, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to watch some tennis. So I I watched a lot of it actually on the plane to and from New York because I was on JetBlue and they have direct TV. So she's like, well, I guess I'll just settle in and watch some tennis. Um, So I watched a lot of that. And then I've been catching. It's usually like the ends of matches because unfortunately, the time period when it would be like best best to watch is like right when like Henry's nanny leaves and there's all, you know, we're like getting him, I'm hanging out with Henry and then it's his dinner time and then it's his bedtime. And so I can't really watch until after like seven our time. But I did watch a match the other night that went till like 920 our time. So like some of them are really long anyway. So that is like sort of a new TV show, you know? I've never Definitely. really watched the U.S. Open before. Like, I love I've that. caught snippets of matches here and there, but I've never like sat down to watch tennis. So that was kind of fun. Um, and then this week, I have a, I have kind of a busy week coming up, and I want to make sure that I kind of like schedule my time effectively and don't get overwhelmed. And so, I'm just gonna really lean on ye old moleskin planner. You and that moleskin planner and a real yeah. uh, platonic relationship, really We're thick supporting thieves. each other. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I'm, I'm. I, I feel like you. I feel like it's going to return in 20 years and just like a lot of my Instagram posts. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, moleskin planner, it's you. Moleskin planner's got that cocky, charismatic, egomaniac I mean, vibe. Why do you think I'm attracted to it? Oh, Dory, you are. <laughs> what if the moleskin planner is a sociopath? <laughs> 
I mean, it could be. I mean, I would be a narcissistic if I were a moleskin planner. You're so freaking great. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It only stays with you for a year and then it moves on. Yeah. Wow. I mean. Wow. We really solved that. We really came we full circle with the beginning of this episode to the end of this episode. <laughs> I love, I, I like, I like a callback. So I do. I do also like kind of that complete circle. Yeah. Um, so Kate, talk to me about your quote bedside pile of shit. Ugh, I did it yesterday. I cleaned up. It took me hours. I had my, my bureau was covered with stuff. You know, like eight million hand sanitizers and a battery and art that my kids made me and just like things. So, and I cleaned up the bedside table. I got all the things I need to ship back because I'm trying to buy jeans and that's not going well. So I packed up all the jeans that I need to send back and I did it. So, I mean, it's still not perfect, but I, I definitely got through. The, I mean, it was just like scattered things. It was a miscellaneous yeah. pile, like yep. medicine and chargers and ugh. So that felt really good, even though I was annoyed that it took up time, but I was like, it has to be done. I will feel better. Um, and this week, you know what? I was actually just driving this morning um, with a nice coffee in my hand, and I had kind of a realization about some this book that I'm writing that I'm working on, a new book. And it was that just because it's hard doesn't mean that it is bad. And mm. the thing I'm writing right now is feeling really hard. And it's something I've worked tried to write for like five years. And it's just not flowing. And I want to give up. But I I really and that's how I've always been like since I was a child. When something was hard, I was like, I'm done. I don't like this. And I'm really kind of I, I, it just kind of dawned on me that just because this is challenging doesn't mean that what I'm creating is bad and that it's just mm. a starting point and that it will take shape and that you have to keep creating in order to make something. And that's just really hard for me to kind of sit with. So that's my work intention is just to remind myself that just because this feels hard doesn't mean that it's bad and that I should stop. I love that. Thank you. Wow. Well, look, this has been real fun. It has. It really has. And I'm off to go pack for my weekend camping trip, which I will report. I will report on yeah, that soon. I can't wait to hear how it goes. Um, and we should just remind everyone that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by me, Dori Shafrier, and Kate Spencer. Hey. And produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Sam Reed is our project manager. Our network partner is ACAST. We will talk to you all again real soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.